What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We just re we about to recap week six of the NFL. And as always, go down, like, and subscribe. Drop your thoughts of week six in the comment section. We love to hear from y'all. I'm Paul Pickle Wynnum Concha, and I'm joined with Righty Mo Man. I know you see this silky smooth hair. It's a pimp named KK, aka Kevin Waterboy Savoy, aka the realest on your screen. The motherfucker was team lost today. And we're not gonna talk about that yet. Hello, man. It's Sunday night. Reactions. We posted tomorrow morning. How you feeling, man? This was a decent day of football. Yeah, no more undefeated teams in the NFL. Crazy. Dolphins look fucking phenomenal. First first quarter a little scary, but look phenomenal. We'll get into that. But I mean, there was another crazy weekend of NFL football. Right down to the wire Sunday night. A lot of games. So, I mean, what are we looking like with the picks so far? Because I'm kind of, I was kind of, there are a lot of big spreads that lost. So, uh, like, you fuck. won this week on the picks. Um, right now, we still have one more game left, of course, but uh, you're sitting at seven and five. I'm sitting at five and seven. And then we both went one and one on the locks, and your dog has yet to play, but I, my dog lost in the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, all in all, what like you you won this week? Um, I think you, I think you may have taken the lead on the overall standings on the year as well, but I won't know for sure until I have the final the final numbers. Yeah, that America taking one week at a time, but that's pretty fire. I mean, I was I was kind of disgusted that my team lost. I really thought we had a chance to win this game. We had a few good times, but it was cool. I realized it's not about what we have, what we don't have, or what we need. It's about what we have and what we got right now and what we're going to do with it. You feel me? So I, I, I was, I'm, I'm okay. I, I can sleep at night. But there was some crazy shit that went down, Paul. I don't know if you want to go straight to the 1 o'clock games. I didn't have time to put together Kevin's Waterboy game of the week. But – there are some games I'm trying to talk. Shit. Well, do you want to jump into 1 o'clock or do you want to talk London first? Because we still have the early, early slate still. I guess we can go all the way across the pond and talk about them boys, the Ravens versus the Titans. Yeah, Ravens winning 24-16. to 16. The score was 18-3 to 3 at halftime. It was looking like a blowout. Titans come in at half, and they look like a completely different team. Defense making stops, uh, offense scoring points. Then Tannehill gets hurt. He's out of the game. Malik Willis, as soon as that came in, it was kind of like, oh, this might be it. Tennessee had a couple more shots to tie it up or um, late in the game or at least uh, score and try to go for two. But they just can never get the drives going with Malik Willis. There was the one time near the red zone, but that – like. You know, it was just like the game was kind of over once Tannehill went out. But Baltimore, they could – I know shout-out to Justin Tucker for making six field goals, but this is not what the Baltimore's offense wants to be doing is making six field goals to win a game. Like one for six in the red zone in the last two games, they've only had one touchdown in the past seven quarters. Like they haven't really – they're, they're getting down there, but it is not scoring. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. They definitely have some efficiency issues. And then, didn't you say that Lamar's having a lot of turnover problems right now? Yeah. They, it, uh, he threw an interception that was a, a – he just completely overthrew the receiver. The ball went straight to the safety. There's, like, every game it's either he's fumbling or he's throwing an interception. But every game so far, like, he's had a con- – con- it's a something constant that, that people should be monitoring if you want to make money on it. No, nah, that's real shit, man. I mean, I tried to blame it on the offensive coordinator, but you shut that shit down immediately to my stupid ass. But I will say that definitely it was a game of two halves. Lamar and them boys look decent. Zay Flowers is a, is a dog. He looked he's looked great this game. OBG OBJ made a couple t- made a couple tough plays, but this Titans team took over, like you said, in the second half. Derrick Henry broke broke for 64. He scored a touchdown. D-Hop got electric and started making plays. Even they have a a running back named Spears. That motherfucker was making plays. So, like, it's interesting to see how this game played out. And if Ryan Tannehill didn't get hurt, they really could have made an argument like, yo, this was our game to win. So, I don't know. The Ravens definitely have to figure out the offensive miscues because you can't be doing kicking six field goals in the playoffs. Especially if like your PAT gets blocked, like it sounds like motherfuckers is rigid. Like they're used, they're getting used to it. They're like, all right, this is going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get me at least one today type shit. If you if you give them enough opportunities, so it's interesting to see how this um Ravens team like kind of figures out and meshes well and gels well. What else do you feel about this game? Nah, nothing else really. I mean, it was like you said, tail two halves, Titans. They probably could have done it if Tannehill stays healthy, but he didn't. That's the name of the game. Ravens is etched. Uh, it's got, like, some people are trying to use the argument like they haven't played their best football yet, but you can't make that argument if they haven't. You can make the argument only when they're progressively getting better. Like They have yet to get better. They're still, they're still with the same issues from week one. Facts. Let's go to the next game, jumping down to 1 o'clock. This game is going to be a quick one. Dolphins blowing out Carolina, 42-21. to Cash my 14-point spread, the best bet. I mean, this is, this is the best offense in the league. Uh, we were down 14-0 in the first quarter. You know what I did, Kev? What? I opened up my betting website, put more money on the Dolphins' money line straight up. Uh, oh, wow. Just because I knew, I was like, oh, this would be the best time to get the best odds on the Dolphins. Sitting at oh, a wow. double down on them boys, cashed out even more. Like, we're still not even playing our best ball yet. Jalen Ramsey is apparently ahead of schedule. He should be back maybe by next month. Uh, so, like, Xavier Howard, Eli Apple, Jalen Ramsey, Cater Kohu, Devon A. Chang is going to be back soon. Raheem Morstert held it down. He's averaging the same fucking yards per game. I mean, yards per carry as Bo Jackson. So, like, we're, we're, Cooking on all cylinders. No, nah, I respect it. You guys definitely scared the fuck out of my ass. That 14 to 0 started, and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Where's Bryce Young? Because Bryce Young was cooking early. Him and Thielen, they're getting the working on a connection that's starting to turn a little special. So I really thought, I want to say I thought you guys were out of it. I was just like, what are they doing? And then Tyreek Hill turns on the Jets to Tua looks like a fucking monster. That early touchdown of Jalen Waddle was so crazy because I'm looking at the wheel, the running back on the wheel. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to hit this running back. The running back's going to take it. No. Let's throw a laser pinpoint pass in the middle of traffic to Jalen Waddle because I know 
he's going to be ready for it. This offense is something special. I will say that. Yeah, and uh, uh, the other thing I was going to say about this game was, like, uh, Thielen. He was, like, my biggest draft steal in almost all fantasy leagues. I, I thought he was going to be great. He was my uh, one of my super locks uh, preseason bets was him over four and a half touchdowns. He has four. You only need one more for my thing to cash. And, like, to me, I was like, this is, like, Thielen. People are disrespecting Thielen, like, as if he's not wide receiver one and still is going to put up solid numbers. <laughs> Next game on the slate. This game was kind of close for a while, but Minnesota wins 19-13. to 13. Justin Fields gets hurt. They're doing the x-rays and MRIs on his thumb right now. Hopefully he's not too banged up. But as soon as he – I mean, it was a ball game. Uh, Kirk Cousins throwing an interception. There uh, there was like 6-6. Six, six. Then uh, Vikings finally score a touchdown. Then Justin Fields gets hurt. Backup comes in. He, uh, uh, I think he throws the pick or there's a fumble touchdown for the Vikings defense. And as soon as the backup came in, another one of those situations where, like, the game just fell over. Like, the Vikings didn't have to worry anymore. Like, this game was uh, cashed in for them. Mm-hmm. I mean – I was shocked at how close this game was, and I was like, what the fudge? Like, how is this? I understand you guys are missing Justin Jefferson. That's a focal point of your, point of your offense. But you know this defense is about to give up a million yards. So, like, why is the game that close? I feel like a lot of people didn't step up and replace Justin Jefferson. So, Kirk Cousins going to have his work cut out for the next three to um, five weeks. Yeah, and that's the biggest question mark leaving the game because they put up a season low of 220 yards total. Wow, that's the low lowest yardage since twenty twenty one, and the big another thing is the Vikings two wins are against the Bears and the Panthers, who are combined one and eleven. So, mm. like this Vikings win, yes, you want all the wins you can get, but honestly, if it wasn't for the Bears backup getting those two turnovers in the game to seal it, like who knows what would have happened this game? That's facts. I mean. How long did they say how long Justin Fields might be out? No, it's uh he the X rays came back negative, so now they're doing MRI. Uh, things will come back tomorrow probably on the results on that. All right, I'm gonna stand back because I don't want to know because there's no Justin Fields. This Bears team is in limbo. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and it was on his throwing hand, so that's the biggest like scary thing. Next game on the slate. This was kind of a blowout. Jacksonville 37, Colts 20. I had the Colts. You had the Jags. Honestly, the Jags didn't, from start to finish, they looked like the better team. Gardner Minshew threw three interceptions, but they still kept getting down into the red zone, red zone, red zone, and it was like interception, interception. The Jags have scored, uh, forced 15 turnovers um, so far this year. So, like, they got four this year, uh, four four this week alone. ETN's kind of coming into his own. He had two touchdowns in the first half alone. Uh, the Jags are kind of they got healthier and they're only looking better. And on the Colts side, it's kind of scary. Uh, like if Gardner Minshew moving forward, they felt so comfortable with Gardner Minshew for him to look the way he did. It's kind of like holy shit. Like we can't like if that if that if that how he plays all year, we're in serious trouble. What do you think about the Colts and the Jags? I thought this game was about to be crazy. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought this game could have went either way. The Jags are coming off of two straight games in London. 
So I'm thinking like jet lag, everything's gonna fuck up. Nope. Jags just handled business like they're supposed to. I mean, late in the game, maybe Trevor Lawrence threw some interceptions, so you might be able to make it seem like, oh, later, later that shit might count when they're doing the numbers, like, oh, this guy's better than this guy, but not. The Jaguars had this game in the bag for 80% of it. Yeah, even with the interceptions, it was just to kind of cut the lead down. It wasn't to ever, like, take the lead. Facts. It was a look good, man. Individuals are trying to get their money. From one three-interception game to another, Cincinnati beats the Seahawks 17-13. to Joe Burrow, it was a tale of two halves for the Bengals offense. First half, it was 11 for 13, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Second half, I think it was like halfway through the fourth quarter, they only mustered like 30 total yards of offense in the second half. So the Bengals definitely need to get their offense shit under control because you cannot go from 150 yards to 20 in two different halves. If it wasn't Virginia Smith throwing interception after interception, this honestly probably was a game for Seattle to win. Nah, for sure. But I also think about the amount of pressure he was under because I was watching this game on the red zone, and I swear every time we turned on to this motherfucker, Gino was running for his life. So, like, I think he's a dog. I think he played like him for, like, a lot of the game. But they caught him slipping so many times. It was really getting back there. Could you just look up how many times they got sacked? Because, boy, this man Gino was running away. And shout out him for understanding the concept of throwing the ball away because John – Josh Allen would have been hucking, hucking that bitch. But, yeah, shout-outs, Gino, for just making plays work. But they do need to figure something out because that O-line, they can't have enough more offense in the league again if you ain't got no O-line. That's yeah. blocking. And Joe Mixon continues to be non-existent. Uh, what was it, 12 carries for 38 yards? Hmm. And Joe Burrow didn't look terrible. The first half. First half, he looked phenomenal. Second half, the whole offense died. Makes sense. Next game, Washington beats Atlanta 24-16, Kev. Sam Howell throws three touchdowns. I think he only had like 150 yards total, though. But honestly, the biggest thing for me was Riddler. Three interceptions, multiple in the late late game scenario where they had chances to tie the game. This the game isn't out of reach yet, all that. And this one interception, two interceptions, three interceptions. How did you feel as a Falcons fan watching the game? Because uh, y'all, it was in y'all's palms. Like the, the momentum felt like it shifted towards y'all's favor in the fourth quarter. And then fucking interception. Yeah. I mean, We've won games in that fashion already this season, so we feel. I felt a little comfortable in that mix. I was never really scared and never really thought the game was in doubt. I actually learned how bad I am at counting because I thought when it was 24-10, I'm like, damn, we're like at three touchdowns. But when we score our next touchdown, I was like, oh, it's only a two-touchdown game. Oh, we could beat that. We could do that. So it was easy to stay optimistic. When we scored that touchdown off of the – um. There was some penalty, maybe a pass interference, but we took advantage of it, got down that bitch, and we scored. We punched it straight in. So, no, it was rough in the pass. That's what it was. And um, we took that in and punched it in. And then I thought we drove down again, but lost the interception. Drove again from, like, turnovers, getting, having going on fourth down, going for it on fourth downs. 
we have to we have to rely on a lot of risky stuff. And I think and when you rely on a lot of risky stuff, your games can go either or every time. And this is one of those ones that went the yep either way. And even before regular uh, interception in the fourth quarter in the red zone or like right into the end zone, it was a delay of game. It was like second and two and then delay of game now second and seven. And you, you kind of have to pass it from here on. And it's it just like just little mistakes like that, I think, is what costed them. Next game on the slate, we're both wrong on this one. The Houston Texans win 20 to 13. C.J. Stroud throws his first interception of his career. Cash that prop plus 125 for anyone who's, who tailed me on that one. Saints defense did all they could. I mean, shit, even Houston's defense did all they could. It was a, Both defenses played phenomenal. Derek Carr threw an interception as well. Uh, but Derek Carr getting into the red zone, the Saints offense, they got into the red zone quite a few times, and they just kept walking away with field goals or a turnover on downs or an interception. It was – and then in the fourth, the fourth quarter, once again, getting towards it. They could get all the way down the field and then just get stopped as soon as they hit that wall of the red zone. And it's just this is what's costing the Saints every week. Hmm. I mean, I wasn't ready for that performance, but um, that shit was crazy. How did you – did you – um? I wasn't expecting that performance to either work, but shout out to Texas defense for the stops that they were getting. I feel like they got a lot of major stops in a lot of major situations. And the Saints, they did what they could. They put together some good drives. They scored touchdowns late. But that Texas defense, they did what they needed to do to win. Yeah, he uh, Derek Carr was pressured on 48% of dropbacks. So half of his dropbacks, there was pressure in his face. Nice. That's how you do that shit. But yeah, D'Amico Ryan's was Brian Nambitz up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Derek Carr put over 350 yards. Olave had 100 yards. It was something where stats will mislead you into thinking this Saints offense was very prolific, and they weren't. It, it, it definitely is one of those things you watch in the actual game. This was this offense is definitely not firing right now in off cylinder. Yeah, but we had, we expected that. But at least they got all their hitters in that mistake. They can figure something out. Their next game, this one was the shocker here. Cleveland Browns getting to win 19-17. to And it came all the way down to a Jake Moody field goal where they could have won it. 42-yard field goal attempt. He It's wide right. Browns win the game. P.J. Walker starting quarterback. Brock Purdy throws his first interception. See, Christian McCaffrey injures his oblique. They don't know if he's going to be missing a few games. This, uh, Debo Samuel uh, leaves near halftime. He didn't return to the game. He should be back at next week. But 49ers getting their first loss, and it's two of the Browns team that nobody expected. Oh, shit, Kev. It just went dark. Yeah. My, light, my light turned off of my eyeglass. But not that Browns team that beat this team was low-key inspiring. I'm not going to lie to you. The way that they put together this shit to, like, go and beat this team that – well, I bet the spread was double digits. But um, Dave stayed in it. They kept fighting. Even when they weren't scoring, they kept fighting. They were holding the fucking – they were holding the entire um, 49ers offense hostage all game, putting people on islands. 
Yeah, man, I was shocked. I was genuinely shocked at the performance of this defense and how this offense, like P.J. Walker and them, were just making plays, especially that last drive. But this man almost threw an interception in the end zone because he, he was trying to score. Like, he wanted to score in this bitch. So, yeah, I was shook. The fact that he took it down. And respect to Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy, if if they if Moody makes that field goal, the 41-yarder, I don't think anybody – I think people aren't going to be going as hard as Brock Purdy as they are going to be. They would have been like, okay, but at least, like, when it counted, he was able to drive it down, like, and figured it out. That's out the window now. They're going to be on his ass for his performance today. It was easily his worst game, but it wasn't, like, the worst game of all time that, like, oh, like a Mac Jones type of game where it's, like, multiple interceptions, pick six, fumble. It was like, yeah, that one interception early, okay. But then the offense definitely was not cooking. But the Browns has the best defense in the NFL right now. And I think people are kind of overlooking that because how good the 49ers' offense has been. Uh, the Browns have showed you that their defense can lock up anybody. And then on uh, top of it, um, if they make that field goal, we're talking about, oh, that's a Brock Purdy like, legacy drive. Like This is a, one of those Tom Brady-esque drives that we're going to be talking about for the next 15 years with Brock Purdy. Now, this is one of those drives. Remember, I remember when we first started the podcast, our first recap, it was like, this is one of those situations where Baker has to look at the crowd and be like, shh, I got this. That's what we was hoping for Brock. And he made it down. Yeah, was it, he did it. He did his yeah. part. But he could have got closer. Well, that's also on Shanahan because they got all the way up to the um like 35-yard line, 40 seconds left, and, they, and Shanahan doesn't call another play. He just chooses to spike it and kick the field goal from there. Yeah, that's it was kind of crazy. But, yeah. They get their first L. Browns without Watson going one and one. They keep finding ways to win. This defense is just really is the best defense in the league right now. Dead hmm. ass. It's just scary. Yeah. Next game on the slate, Vegas beats the Patriots twenty-one to seventeen. My I had Patriots plus three, and it was so close to cashing. And then Mac Jones takes a fucking safety with thirty seconds left. They win by four. My plus three bet doesn't cash. Jimmy G got hurt. He got stretchered on an ambulance, got sent to the hospital. Hopefully he's okay. But Brian Hoyer comes in. They win the game. Bill Belichick once again is in there not knowing what the fuck to do because they, they were getting false start penalties. They were getting fourth down uh, stops, and then they'll get a false start onto the fucking field goal. And they get a new set of downs. Just, they're just playing so bad at football right now. The Patriots are honestly, they're arguably the one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. There's nothing to fix them right now either. Yeah, and they look terrible. They have a lot of people are screaming that Bill Belichick is facing some of his hardest adversity that he's faced in his entire career. I mean, I think scandals are pretty much probably like the really hardest things he probably faced, but he's never done this, especially over a three game spread. Like they usually have it all figured out. What the fuck are they supposed to do now? This is, they're talking about tank and then they go get either Caleb Williams or drink bank. And then Bill Belichick can have his best quarterback since Tom Brady. That'd be fine. 
But yeah, they're going through it right now. Shout out the Raiders though for winning this bitch because Jimmy G, you said Jimmy G got hurt, right? Yeah, Jimmy G got hurt and they brought Brian Hoyer came in and sealed up the game. Yeah, nothing but respect to um nothing but respect to the Raiders for winning this one. But yeah, the Patriots gotta figure something out. ASAP. And Jacoby Myers' revenge game happened. He scores the touchdown in like the first quarter against the Patriots. Let's them know what they missing. Next game on the slate, Kev, the Rams blowing out the Cardinals 26-9. to It was kind of competitive for the first couple quarters, and then the Rams were going into halftime, start putting points up. Cooper Cup, second game back, seven catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it's needless to say, Cooper Cup is all the way back, and the Rams' offense seems to be all the way back. Cardinals, I think they're it's kind of their Cinderella story's over now. Unless you think Gannon got more to tank. I mean, nah, them boys is kind of fucked. I'm not gonna lie. Cooper Cup and them boys, though. How do you think about the Rams' offense? So Cooper Cup. What is it? It's his second game back from injury, and he had 148? Yep. And a touchdown? Yep. I didn't get to watch this game. I was kind of doing two things at the same time. But I was so happy to do that. What um Puka do? Puka didn't do much, uh, but it was mostly just a Cooper Cup game. Stafford only had, like, 200 yards and 148 went to Cup. Mm, sound like Stafford. <laughs> But no, nah, I'm glad what's they called they figured out it was the O line blocking because I see Kyron Williams snap. Yeah, no, they play pretty good, but it's just the Cardinals, they're showing that they are the team that we thought they are. Like this mm-hmm. is the, they kind of running out of that Cinderella special. I was gonna say they got they dub against um Dallas, he got the fuck up out of there. And they're a team that plays good in the first half, but come second half, they always just tend, seem to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But what is that? Twenty, yeah, twenty six nine. Rams get the dub, and in this game here, another game we were split on. You had the Lions, I had Tampa Bay. Lions get the win, twenty to six. Bucks pull out the creamsicle throwbacks. It didn't matter. Jared Goff was just on some different stuff in this game. The Lions honestly are a powerhouse. I think they moved to uh, five and one after this win, and on top of the NFC North. Do you think the Lions are a legit Super Bowl contender right now? Hell yeah. They've been a Super Bowl contender since the first fucking game when they beat the Chiefs, the reigning champs. I was like, oh, this Lion team is coming ready to play. And they've shown week in and week out. I saw them beat the fuck out of us, the um, Falcons. So they've been showing week in and week out that they are the brand new Lions and they've come with a different culture, a different sense to win. And I actually looked up, do you know that about the curse of – um, for the Lions? The Calvin Johnson curse? Nah. Or the Barry Sanders before curse? That. Before that. No. I forget his name at the moment, but there was a quarterback for the Lions. He would be, he was known for like being the best. He was um the best quarterback around at the time, but Jit was like a party and he was lit. He was doing all this shit. And um, he, they ended up leaving. He ended up leaving the, um, Lions on some on some bad blood, so he said, "Yeah, man, the Lions aren't gonna make it to and have another Pro Bowl quarterback for fifty years," and it happened. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and I was like, "That makes sense," because the Lions are like unnecessarily terrible. 
So I remember that year they went like 0-17 on some crazy shit. Yeah, they and then the next and they drafted Matthew Stafford with that pick. Yeah, that shit was crazy. So I respect it. But on to the rest of the state. I had to throw that out there. I, I remember I'll get his name for the net from next time we talk some shit right and shit like that. Yeah, but the Lions are looking great. The run game did terrible. David Montgomery gets hurt, rib injury. But Jared Goff, I think he was like nine for twelve on third downs. They just couldn't every time they got a third down at this completion, move the sticks. Didn't matter if it was seven yards, four yards, or ten yards. Jameson Williams came back from suspension last week. This is uh this week he caught a forty five yard touchdown, five catches in his total career, and I think three of them are for touchdowns. He has he has that different level of speed. Like he was being compared to Waddle coming out of uh, college because he had he coming from Alabama, played with Waddle, was used just like Waddle when Waddle got drafted, and he took that role next. And it, it's kind of scary because they're already really good on the passing offense, and they just got the next gear. Now they got the speed demon that can just kill the safeties on on the deep sides. That is pretty fucking scary. But yeah, this Lions offense. Shout out Dan Campbell bringing this winning culture to fucking Detroit. And then our next game on the slate, another shocker of the weekend. The Jets getting the win 20-14. to 14, And it's crazy because I was telling my dad, I was like, out of all the big spreads games, this is the one I feel the most weird about. Like, I feel like the Jets defense can do something to win this game. But they're just – I just can never pick them because their offense is so bad against a really good defense in Philadelphia. But it happened just like that. The defense won in the game. They got three turnovers on Jalen Hurts and, like, multiple interceptions that are his fault, like him throwing into bad coverage, him trying to make something out of nothing. He throws that fourth-quarter interception to Tony Adams to set up the Brees Hall touchdown to seal the game. Like, Jalen Hurts only had, I think it was either six or, yeah, I think no, he had seven interceptions last year, and he already has six right now. So like this is this is not good if you're an Eagles fan, but if you're a Jets fan, you're probably ecstatic because y'all are now three and three without Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is seen throwing a ball just like thirty five days after tearing tearing his Achilles. No, that shit is crazy. Um, bless them. Hope for a super speedy um recovery for Aaron Rodgers because they need him. We want to see him back on these back on these fields. But, yo, this upset was insane. And they did this without Sauce Gardner. Yeah, no, or DJ Reed, both their starting corners. How the fuck did the Jets pull this off, bro? This, their, their, their defensive line was getting to Jalen Hurts. Three interceptions, and I want to see it. All three of them are on him. There wasn't it wasn't like there was some, like, pop-up shots. It was, like, a deflection that went straight to the uh, lineman. Uh, just him, this miscue with the wide receiver, and then another one where he was just trying to squeeze something where it shouldn't be put. This opens up though. Uh, what was it? Not only so that they lose this game, they're no, they're also another undefeated team that got their first loss. But ain't no undefeated no more. <laughs> but now they have their toughest stretch after this, which is. Next week is the Dolphins, then it's the Cowboys, then it's the Bills, then it's the Chiefs, then it's the 49ers. And if they if they continue to play football like this, they might get kind of exposed in these next five games. Yeah. 
That's crazy that this is about they're about to this work look like they are. But hey man, that's what it is the reigning conference champions. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I was watching this game. I'm watching Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown do their things. So what did what did the Eagles start slipping? When Hurts threw that first interception. Well, no, first was a uh no, they had an early interception and then the fumble. Then they got another. It was just they kept getting stops. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely didn't see this one coming. I know this was a big parlay busting. And then AJ Brown, he did all his stuff in the first half. Second half, I don't think he got a catch. Mm. Like the just the jet Robert Sala cooked up the best game plan against his Eagles. And um Lane Johnson, he got hurt in this game with an ankle injury. He's an all pro lineman that they need for the rest of the year. So I don't know what what's up with his ankle, but he definitely left this game. And then our last game onto the slate, Sunday night football. It just wrapped up moments ago. The Bills winning 14 and 9 in a nail biter. Tyrod Taylor marches down in the last couple of moments. They get a pass interference call with no time left. They get an extra play. They're on the one yard line. He throws the ball to Darren Waller. Incompletion, game over. Bills get a scary win against the Giants when they were a 15-point favorite. But, I mean, Josh Allen throws an interception. Uh, just Honestly, they couldn't get much going. He didn't use his legs at all, which was shocking. And then he had, like, 10 rushing yards. It, it wasn't a care. It wasn't a normal game for the Bills, but maybe it was the jet lag for – they just came back from London, no bye week either, just went straight into it. But they did not look good. That shit is crazy. I don't know how. What this Giants team, what um, Tyron Taylor t- told them, what Dayball cooked up. But they, they, even though they might not have been scoring touchdowns per se, this Giants offense was bringing it down and scoring these field goals, like just continually making it making it competitive. And, like, eventually the Bills got their two touchdowns, but that shit almost didn't mean shit. If they could have got that – um, if they could have got that play going. Because I think they chose the right play. Me personally, I would have threw an out route. But – um. That shit was very, very tight and close. So that showed you that, like, the random shit can happen. But, like, you were making the point that, like, Tyrod Taylor might be the starter after this. See, in the way the NFL, unfortunately, like, on results, he probably should be the starter because the offense looked a lot better. The ball was being spread around. You, the, the same excuses that Daniel Jones had, the offensive line. like, But yet he was able to move the ball in one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, but they they paid him forty million a year. He's gonna be the starter. Um, like that's just the way it goes. But I know the ball's probably thinking the same thing. Like, bro, if I had Tyrod Taylor starting for these last five weeks, we probably would have won a couple, a game or two more. Right, he could have been, could have had an extra, extra two dubs, truthfully. And he's not throwing, and it's not like he's doing anything crazy. But there are some deep shot, like Slayton, forty yard catches, like multiple times he hit Slayton deep. It was a beautiful deep shot on the uh, on the money. He can run out the pocket when the sack's coming. He throws it away. He's not throwing. Inter- the big thing, he's not throwing interceptions, and he's not fumbling the ball. He's not taking sacks for fifteen yards. He's playing smarter football, which sometimes a vet knows and understands the game at the NFL level a lot more than some of these younger NFL quarterbacks because he knows what to do, and it just makes the offense look a lot better and a lot smoother. 
Facts, 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 facts. So, yeah, shout out to Giants. They almost won this, but you got to respect the Bills. They got the dub. They did what they needed to do. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm I'm just surprised. I, they just have something for the Dolphins, I think, just because they played their best games ever against the Dolphins uh, in Buffalo. But then whenever they start playing other games, it's like, is that the same team that just put up 42 against us and like shut us out? Crazy. But, it's crazy how you thought 20, scoring 20 points to shut out, but we're not even going to get into that. And it wasn't a shutout, but it felt like a shutout. It was, there, was, yeah. there was never momentum for us. No, that's real. But no, it was a good Sunday. I appreciate it. I always appreciate this. I can't wait to go look over the Totally Blitz top plays on Monday and then kind of have a small like synopsis of the whole week again. But yeah, this was a great week. I wish my team could have won. We definitely won lost the game we could have won. But yeah, it happens. Another week and another week we get closer to finding out who are the real teams in the league and who are the pretenders. Uh, still a lot of question marks left. Also, oh, before we leave, because this was a big injury, uh, Trent Williams, he got hurt in the game. Uh, he played the rest of the game, but it definitely was on one ankle. So don't know about him going moving forward to. 49ers, the loss wasn't the worst thing for him this week. It was the Debo Samuel shoulder injury, the Christian McCaffrey oblique injury, and Trent Williams ankle injury. That that hurts a lot more than the, the loss to the Browns. That is hurtful. But we got to get up. That's what's the only Kyle Shanahan to go through. Yeah, no, facts. I mean, every year he has something going on with him. But we got to get out of here. We appreciate y'all watching. Thank y'all for uh, listening. As always, go down, like, and subscribe. Drop down in the comment section something y'all thought from the week or any bets y'all cashed in. We'll love to hear them. But as always, this was another episode of Totally Blitz Podcast, recapping NFL Week 6. I'm Paul Pickle-Winham, joined with Kevin Waterboy Savoy. And if y'all didn't know, what well, now y'all know, motherfuckers.